0: Welcome to the Mornings with Sue and Andy podcast for Wednesday, March 23rd. We begin with a look at the ongoing war in Ukraine. We speak with a professor of policing and security about the impact Ukrainian soldiers and everyday citizens are having against the powerful Russian invasion. As reports indicate, as many as five Russian generals have been killed in just over three weeks. Next, we look at inflation in Canada, which is now trending at a 30-year high. We examine the causes of the price increases and what, if anything, can be done to bring in some sort of a correction to lower the cost of living for Canadians. It's been a big year for Alberta's film industry. Just how big? Mornings with Sue and Andy producer Reese Schaefer had the chance to discuss the recent boom in film and television production in our province with Blair Young, president of ACTRA, Alberta. And finally, it's a chance to keep food out of the landfill and money in your pocket. We hear details on how Calgary bakery Canela is making a difference by partnering with a group called Too Good to Go Canada and doing their part to promote the zero-waste movement. Russia has lost an historic number of generals during the 28 days the war has raged in Ukraine. And with details on why this is happening, we're joined now by Jonathan Jackson, Senior Teaching Fellow in Professional Policing and Security School of Social Sciences, Birmingham City University. Good day to you, Jonathan.
1: Good morning. How are you?
0: Good, good. We only have a few minutes, but I want to get to this because I saw these stats and I saw some numbers. So I'm wondering if you can break it down for us as far as how many uh, Russian generals we've heard have been killed in combat and and how it compares to other conflicts.
1: Mm. Well, at the moment, we have around about five Russian generals that have been killed. And that's, to put it into context, context, that's within four weeks. If you think about United States deployment in Vietnam between 1965 and seventy five, there were six. So clearly a lot of generals are being killed. But not only generals, I must admit, senior commanders. Um, if we look at senior ground commanders in the Ukraine at the moment, they've lost 15. I mean, this is astonishing numbers of uh, of, of losses at senior command level.
0: All right, so so let's uh, let's break this down. You know, why something like this is happening? I you know, I'm no military strategist, but having mm-hmm. said that, I would think you'd keep the generals, you know, a certain distance from that front line. Are, mm-hmm. are they too close to the front line? Or are the Ukrainian, you know, forces, you know, very good at targeting these higher officials?
1: Well, that's a very good point. I mean, if you think about the role, as you say, of a general, it is to be strategic rather than tactical. Uh, I mean, if we think historically from, let's say, somewhere like General Paulos in, in the Battle of Stalingrad, he was about 15 or 20 miles from the front line. So the fact that they are so close um, suggests to me three key, uh, key factors. Um, the first is, of course, the endemic corruption within the Russian military over the last 20 years, and that's been highlighted in the Defence Integrity Index, which rates Russia sure at uh, at one of the uh, lowest in the, in the world. That basically means that the, the effective command and control has been stripped, uh, communications technology is in its infancy, which is meaning that ground commanders are getting closer and closer to the battlefield, which of course puts them at risk also there's an issue of training with a lot of the kind of junior um, ranks uh, things like lieutenants up to about major, really because of the hierarchical top down approach within Russian military over the last twenty years um that really in effect they don't they can 't make decisions without actually kind of moving to uh, get um, reassurance from their senior commanders so again that's drawing the senior commanders onto the battlefield, putting them at risk and then thirdly, I think obviously there is a kind of uh, an initiative, if you will, by the Ukrainian military, particularly some of the special operations units, to target senior leaders in order to cause confusion and disruption, and uh, you know, at the, at the, on the front line. Which, of course, the, the more confusion you get, the slower the progress. Which is, of course, what we're seeing uh, in the Ukraine at the moment.
0: You've got about a minute, Jonathan. But when you say confusion, I would also think that you know, a high-ranking officer in any military, you know, the, the, to see them taken out. Essentially, taken out. Uh, what that does to morale to the to the troops uh, is this going to be a factor within the battle? The morale. Well,
1: it is going to be a huge factor. I mean, what's probably causing more uh, impact on morale uh, between the Russians and Ukrainians is pay and working conditions. So if we think that most Russians are on around about four hundred dollars a month for fighting, uh, compared to about four thousand for the Ukrainians, so you can clearly see that's going to have an impact. Their equipment is obsolete. They know that their command and control system is not there for them and they're not getting the support. So there's a range of factors, which this, of course, is just one of them that is going to have an impact on the, on the ground fighting uh, troops.
0: Very interesting conversation, interesting time. Hopefully we can get to some peaceful resolution. Uh, but in the meantime, mm-hmm. we're watching it unfold live. Thank you for your time, Jonathan.
1: No worries. Thank you very much.
0: It's Jonathan Jackson, Senior Teaching Fellow in Professional Policing and Security School of Social Sciences, Birmingham City University. Inflation continues to surge in Canada and around the world, uh, but what is its impact and what might be done to slow it down? Joining us to discuss is Vivek Dehijia, professor, Department of Economics at Carleton University. Good morning to you, Vivek.
2: Hi there, Randy.
0: Well, let's break down the cause, because I understand, you know, when you say cause, this is a very interesting time. I'm assuming there's more than one influencer when it comes to inflation. Can you break down why we're seeing it so high?
2: Well, Andy, I will uh, tell you what I told the House of Commons uh, Finance Committee on Monday, which is that, uh, you know, we're told by those in power that it's a global problem, uh, which is true, but that really, you know, escapes the fact that our inflation problem is made right here in Canada, and the reason really is just excessive uh, 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 growth of money basically printing money in canada over the pandemic we've had some incredible rates of growth 20 30 percent of different ways of measuring the money supply and that's that's the fundamental cause andy
0: fundamental cause it's interesting i'm going to bring this to you because we we spoke with our uh, finance expert Faisal carmelli uh, we speak to him a couple times during the show and he knew you were coming up on the program And he said that he's heard the idea floated, perhaps we should put the brakes on the GST, and that could help the the average Calgarian. Would that have an impact?
2: See, I mean, uh, things like that really are just Band-Aid fixes. They aren't really fixing the real problem. You know, it's like saying, well, it's supply chains. It's, you know, it's the pandemic. It's now Ukraine. Those are all really superficial symptoms of a problem that's much deeper. So if you look, you know, if you dig down into the numbers, we had 5.7% CPI inflation last month. Now, and that's across the board. That's just, that's really everything. It's not that it's one particular sector that's driving it up. Uh, and we've gotten to a point, say, where, example, most people, uh, most young people starting out, simply can't afford to buy a home at this mm-hmm. point. Now, that's not going to be solved by by a small small cut on the GST.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah, well, yeah. Nevertheless. It, it's interesting, you know, so many different angles to this, uh, Vivek. I want to ask you about this because when we talk about it impacting the average Canadians and impacting Canadians, period, um, it's vastly different, isn't it, right now? Because it's not so much a level playing field coming out of the pandemic where we know some people have done very well, other people have lost jobs and are very much having trouble making ends meet. Is, is that part of it? Like some people might be saying, well, you know, inflation doesn't matter much to me, whereas others, it's the difference between putting dinner on the table.
2: Well, absolutely, Andy. And you know,
0: inflation
2: really hurts the working poor and the middle class the worst of all because you know it, it hikes up the cost of food, rent, fuel has gone through the roof, and that eats up a large chunk of of our budgets. Uh, now, for someone very wealthy, they can hedge against inflation; they can put their money into into you know fancy financial instruments, into different kinds of funds mm-hmm. that do better than inflation. But quite honestly, unless you're on some kind of index. Income, like our members of parliament, for example, their salaries are fully indexed to inflation. They aren't hurting. Mm -hmm. But for most of us, you know, our our salaries aren't keeping pace.
0: Yeah, Yeah. like like you mentioned, the average Canadian and the working Canadian. Uh, Let's talk about then, you know, uh, with with, with some ideas here, to slow inflation uh, as of, uh, you know, today, for example, to get some relief in the short term. What would you suggest? What would you see as being effective?
2: Well, I think there's really no... A solution, Andy, other than really to put the brakes on the Bank of Canada's uh, very excessive monetary policies. You know, we saw this movie before in the late 80s and the early 90s. Uh, inflation was above 5%, and at that point, John Crow was hired as the new chief of the Bank of Canada, and he really had to aggressively raise interest rates. Now, that was very costly in terms of of the economy, you know, well, was was hurt by that. But he solved the inflation problem. And my worry is if we don't act now, things will keep getting worse.
0: And, I mean, obviously, you know, worse. I mean, this is a 30-year uh, record when we see this inflation. So I'm wondering, you know, what, what we can do, if, if you have any suggestions from your standpoint, from your viewpoint, what, what a Canadian, an average working Canadian can do to mitigate the high cost of goods. Is Is there any tips you can pass along?
2: Well, quite honestly, I mean, given that, that, that basically all goods are going up in price, there isn't much I can say except, you know, if you are thinking of taking out a mortgage,
0: mm-hmm.
2: you may want to lock in at this point into a fixed term, you know, fixed rate mortgage because these rates are, are surely going up, Andy.
0: Yeah, that seems to be the case. So uh, I guess, uh, you know, keep your head down, uh, nose to the grindstone, and, and we'll get through this uh, at some point. I, I certainly hope so. that be the case. Thank you so much for your time and your insight, Vivek. We appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thanks again. Take care. That is Vivek uh, DeHijia, professor from the Department of Economics at Carleton University. It, uh, It affects us all. You heard it from the professor there. Alberta's film industry is set to have another record year. Our producer here on Mornings with Sue and Andy, Reese Schaefer, had the chance to sit down with Blair Young, actor and president of Actra Alberta, to discuss the bright future for the industry. Uh, good morning, Reese. Uh, you join us here in the studio. And Reese, this is good news, and, you know, I think we see bits and pieces of uh, some of these productions taking place, but not not understanding how big it is. Uh, we always hear about filming happening here in the city as streets close. We don't necessarily know what it is or what's going on or what's even been released to the public. So there's always something going on in the industry. And I started out with my conversation with Blair Young to ask him exactly what is happening in the industry and to paint a picture of what's happening in Alberta.
3: Um, I think Loading is probably an understatement, I mean, we just had the best year of production that we 've ever had. I mean, I think our previous best was something in the neighborhood of three hundred and twenty million, which probably was back in about two thousand and seventeen and we cruised right through half a billion dollars in production last year. Wow um, you know and it 's funny because you look at a place like Georgia, uh, which ten or twelve years ago did about the same numbers that we would have done, sort of three hundred million a year, and they do seven billion a year now so if we just continue this trajectory there's there there is nothing but positivity in terms of the future of the alberta screen-based industry
0: so why is it exploding right now i feel like just a couple of years ago there was some worries that the industry was kind of shrinking in alberta
3: well there are a couple of factors there the ucp government recognized the not just the artistic potential but the economic potential that film and tv brings to alberta and they took a they took the cap off the project cap, mm-hmm. off for film and TV. So, so in the past, when we were giving out tax credits, which are currently around 22% of whatever is spent in Alberta, and that has nothing to do with people that are coming from LA or people that are uh, that are, you know, flying their jets in from London or New York. This is only for money that is spent in Alberta and on Albertans that they get the tax rebate. But the government, uh, there, there was previous to that a seven million dollar limit. And that really limited the size of productions that could come here. Uh, Basically, once you crossed over about $30 million of a budget, you would have capped out, and it would have been better for you to go to New Mexico or to Winnipeg or to L.A. And so once we we removed that cap, that really had an instant and huge impact. So the big shows like Last of Us could afford to come here. Big shows like Ghostbusters could afford to come here.
0: Yeah, all these big shows are now coming to Alberta, and I tried to get a little bit more out of Blair about what is coming up in the future.
3: There are only so many things I can talk about, obviously. Mm -hmm. I I can't think of anything more Calgarian than this new production that's that's called High School. It's about Tegan and Sarah and their formative years in high school. That's being produced by uh, by them partly, mm-hmm. and then also by Colby Smolders, which I just learned oh. about, which, of course, was uh, she's a Canadian actress famous for being uh, the main uh, female lead in uh, How I Met Your Mother. So she's one of the producers on that show as well. Uh, of course, we will have Joe Pickett season two, um, you know, the story of the Wyoming Game Warden, mm-hmm. uh, where our vistas are perhaps even more Wyoming y than Wyoming itself. The, the lots of movies of the week, sort of those. Hallmark films, those kinds of things. Those Christmassy films, we're going to be doing quite a few of those this year. Mm-hmm. And it's important that we're still telling Canadian stories and that they're filmed here. That we, you know, we, we, we don't want to just be servicing American, um, uh, you know, American and other foreign productions and yeah. telling their stories. We want to be telling our stories, too. And it's good that even though we are so busy, there is still room for lots of Canadian films, one that just finished called Pies That Bind by a... Uh, uh, james rex seedler and another show called cold road that's shooting with alberta cast and crew up in northern alberta and hay river we continue to shoot last of us they shoot all the way until june and i think almost immediately start their second season like they're 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 committed to, to, to being here for the long haul and telling that incredible story uh, billy the Kid season two i believe is coming back there are a couple of others that i that i know that are coming that i can't quite say anything because they're not greenlit, as we say in the industry, suffice it to say that it's going to be at least as big a year, if not a bigger year than
0: 2021. And there's tons of jobs, both in front of the camera, and behind the camera. All these productions coming to Calgary are realizing we have great local talent in front of the camera, behind the camera. Super promising. Future is bright. Thanks so much, Reese. And this morning's with Sue and Andy, producer Reese Schaefer, who's speaking with Blair Young, actor and president of Actra Alberta. A Calgary bakery, you may have heard of it, Canella, has teamed up with Too Good to Go Canada in a zero-waste initiative. With details, we are joined by Andy Amaya, Marketing and Communications Manager at Canela. Good morning to you, Andy. Hello, how are you? Good, thank you for taking the time with us. Can you tell us about the zero-waste movement and your partnership with Too Good to Go Canada? How how did this come together?
4: So uh, the zero-waste movement is basically uh, a lifestyle where people um basically reduce how much trash they're they're using throughout the day uh so usually like when you go to a bakery like ours you get your baked goods in a plastic box and you carry it out and then you go back home and recycle it right Mm -hmm. so what we're doing is that um in an effort to kind of go along the zero waste movement We partnered up with Too Good To Go, which is an application where you would, um, bakeries and food places, they leave, there's lots of leftovers at the end of the day that are just, they're great to eat, but they're not great to sell because they don't have that quality. Mm -hmm. So basically what we're doing is we're selling that almost like leftover food and instead of throwing it out or composting it, we are Um, just making sure that it's being mm
0: eaten. Perfect. So this is the end of the day, and, you know, bakery, obviously we go to a bakery because we want the absolute freshest product. This could be something that was baked very early in the day or the day before. Is that how it works?
4: Yeah, yeah. So basically it's everything that's best before. Uh, It's not expired. It's just it's it's peak quality freshness is Mm -hmm. expired in that way
0: okay let's uh you know zero in on uh, canella so what what might uh, people find uh, for offer uh with uh, with with these deals and with uh, in partnership to good uh, too good to go Canada would this be uh, breads or sweets or both
4: yeah, great question so uh for example in our bakery we make lots of uh sourdough lots of muffins lots of cinnamon buns and etc so each bag it's called a surprise bag each each bag is totally different from uh one another, like let's say, um, we'll put twenty one dollars worth of products in one bag, uh, and it'll have croissants, cinnamon rolls, uh, cookies, you name it. And then the next one it might have uh savory pastries, so maybe a uh, spinach ricotta roll or um a sourdough bread type of thing. So it's it's every bag varies, so it's a it is a surprise to get it.
0: And the value when you when you mentioned the, the price you said twenty one dollars worth is that the discounted price or, or is it uh, is that uh, already uh, discounted people can save some big bucks?
4: Yeah, so that's uh, twenty one dollars is the uh, base price, so that's what our inventory would uh, amount to. Like it's twenty one dollars worth of product, mm-hmm. but then we sell it for six ninety nine on the app. Uh, and that covers also the fee for using the app, which is one ninety nine, I believe. And then we get to keep the five dollars uh, that is actually made from selling
0: the product. Okay, so if I purchase it on my app, because it, does it kind of hold the product for me till I can pop down that day?
4: Yeah. So what happens is you you place your you reserve your your bag online on your app, and then uh, the next day or the day of. Uh, you have an hour before closing to pick up your bag.
0: Wow, good stuff! And uh, response has been pretty good.
4: Well, we just we just launched yesterday, and we already sold our first bag within less than uh, two hours of it being up.
0: Good stuff. We'll send people to canella yyc.ca.
4: Yeah, so you can go to that's our website. Perfect. Uh, you can also follow us on Instagram, canella yyc. Uh, we usually update more about like, the zero-waste movement and how we're involved on our social media
0: channels. Good stuff. And now uh, we're all hungry for some, some bread products and some sweets. <laughs> Thanks so much, Andy.
4: Thank you for having me.
0: That is Andy Amaya, a Marketing and Communications Manager at Canela.